I have an anti-anxiety recipe. Find out what it is on this episode of Pushback. you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, my dear listeners. It's Dr. Johnny here, and this is another episode of Pushback. I've had quite the week this week. As I mentioned last week, my daughter Lydia got married on Friday uh, before uh, this recording, and uh, we had an absolute wonderful day. I was a little bit of a mess, but I made it through as father of the bride, uh, and it was an absolute glorious day. And uh, we had a wonderful time as a family celebrating them uh, and their oneness, their echad. And uh, we, uh, if you did not hear the message from last week, the podcast, I encourage you to go back and listen to that. I believe it'll transform your marriage as well. Uh, I had a little bit of a toothache before the mar- the wedding, and then during the wedding, I felt great. And then right even driving home from the wedding, my jaw just began to throb. And over the next 72 hours, I was in misery, um, ice pack and high doses of ibuprofen and the whole works. And uh, to make a very long story short, on Wednesday, the day I was supposed to be recording this podcast, I had a root canal. <laughs> so I'm doing great. Uh, tooth feels wonderful. Uh, problem is solved. Uh, moving on, but I am a day or two late here on this again because life happens. Uh, however, the show must go on. and uh, I'm on my fourth season and I have not ever missed a podcast and I'm not going to start now. Um, so no no root canal is going to keep me from, uh, from doing what the Lord's telling me to do, which is to release these kingdom truths about our culture. Uh, this one is titled Anti-Anxiety Recipe. It's a pretty provocative title uh, because that's a pretty big claim to make. Um, however, um, and, and I can't necessarily claim that I have mastered this, uh, but I believe that the scripture and life gives us a, a real recipe uh, for something that has become pervasive in our culture, and the word is anxiety. Um, another topic for another day, but uh, you know, 50, 60 years ago, the progressives and the liberal uh, elite promised us that if we would just remove all constraint and, and religious uh, um, doctrine out of our lives, and we were just free to be you and me and live lives uh, the way that we want to and based on our feelings, uh, the sexual revolution and the free to be you and me uh, revolution that came through our culture, they promised us that that would lead to some sort of utopia, that we'd finally feel free, uh, that we'd finally uh, be uh, take off our shackles and live life in, in, a, in a free society. Well, they've had 50 to 60 years of this petri dish of experimentation of, of removing societal boundaries. And my question for you is, how's that working out for us? (laughs) Because one of the greatest manifestations of living outside of a boundary is actually anxiety. Boundaries actually provide safety and security in our lives. And so a loving father actually gave us boundaries as his children so that we could live with complete freedom within the boundary and we could feel safe and secure uh, and we would not be um, succumbing to anxiety. Uh, 
Well, anxiety in our society is in epidemic proportions. Now, we've all felt anxiety, um, but what I'm even referring to is treatable anxiety, like anti-anxiety, anti-depression medications, especially in our young people, is at an all-time high. And I'm thinking, now, wait a minute, you promised that if we lived outside of boundaries, that we would feel better. Well, that is not the case. And part of this podcast is to push back against a culture that told us that that would be the case. And they lied to us predictably. The outcomes are not there. The data is not there. The statistics are not there. But the misery and the um, hopelessness and certainly the anxiety is prevalent in epidemic proportions, like never seen before. And I've shared with you before the statistics even of young people who are on antidepressant, anti-anxiety medications is staggering. I think it's around 60%. It's unbelievable. And yet, we all have the ability, the tendency to move into a realm of anxiety because it affects our soul. Just this last week, you know, I, I've had a wedding to pay for and, and I'm looking at our finances and my wife and I have some financial goals because we have vision over this next year for me to back down at work to become more time, uh, more full-time into ministry, which we really strongly believe the Lord is calling us into. And yet I'm looking at the bottom line, uh, paying for a wedding, a few repairs along the way, cars breaking down, and I'm thinking to myself, we're not meeting our milestones. Like this, is, this isn't going to happen. And I'm just going to have to work longer, which is not what the Lord is telling me to do. And, and I felt anxiety starting to come. You can, we've all been there. You can feel it starting to rise. I just saw headlines this week of the uh, 2023 elections early this November and abortion lost again. And I should say that again. Pro-life lost again. The pro-choicers, the pro-abortion advocates uh, continue to win on ballot measures. And I would re I read this and I became very discouraged and, and I could feel anxiety coming in where it's like, are we ever going to be able to win this battle? How, how do we change the minds and hearts of the people? You've heard me talk about this so many times. I'll try not to go off on that rabbit trail. But bottom line is anxiety. I felt it this week. And so you turn to the Bible and you say, well, what does the Bible say? Well, Philippians 4, 6, it says, do not be anxious about anything. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, that's maybe just a little bit trite. Uh, I'm not trying to rip the Bible. Don't get me wrong. But like, should we be anxious? No, just don't do it. What about envy? Don't do it. Greed, don't do it. Anger, don't do it. <laughs> Is that all the Bible really tells us? Like, just don't do it. So I'm reading, don't be anxious about anything. And so there is a, a, a level of obedience and faith that are connected to anxiety where I choose to let anxiety into my life. That is absolutely true. But what is the key? What, is, what, what am I missing? When I, when I look at my circumstances in my life and what is affecting me externally, why does anxiety find me? Well, it's interesting. It goes back to, in my opinion, body, soul, and spirit. You've heard me talk about this so many times in so many different levels. But 
when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the Bible says that we were actually crucified with him. It says, I am crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live, but Christ who lives within me. That means that I am a dead man walking. When I received him, I actually went to the cross with him. I actually went to the tomb with him, and I've been resurrected with him. And my body, which is, control, consult, um, which is made up of my body and my soul, has actually been crucified and put to death. Now, my body is my physical body, my my five senses, what I see, taste, hear, speak, um, my physical body. My soul is my mind, will, emotions, and feelings. It could be it could be stated that my soul is my understanding, the things that I process in my brain. And that's where the enemy likes to strike. He likes to strike at the level of our soul. It's the place where those, those pervasive thoughts, those imaginations, those things that we think and process actually enter into our lives and the gateway is the soul. But that's actually supposed to be crucified and dead and we actually were resurrected as a spirit. And so what the world may not realize is that we are actually intended on this side of the cross to actually live in spirit. It actually says that we are seated in Christ in heavenly places today. Why is that possible? How, how can that be our new reality? It's because our physical reality is already, has already died. It's the first death. We've already died. And we are already now been resurrected in our spirit and we are already living everlasting life. That should just make us really happy. And we are seated in him in heavenly places. So it's our spirit that is running the day. It's the spirit that guides the day. And when we have something like anxiety that's affecting, it's like a cancer to our soul, and, and we feel that, we can't sleep, it's, it's what we're, we're ruminating over, it's what we're processing over, our soul becomes inflated and becomes it becomes resurrected, even though our spirit is supposed to be in charge. It's always supposed to flow, spirit to soul to body. Our body and soul, our flesh, is actually subject to our spirit. The Bible says they actually war against each other, and that's what we're feeling when we're feeling anxiety. It's a feeling. It's a mind. It's part of our mind, our will, emotions, and our feelings. It's all part. Anxiety is is encapsulated into that. Now, the world today, because the soul is the high watermark, and you've heard me talk about this a million times too, feelings become the highest form of, of of being is our feelings just do whatever feels right if we feel anxiety then we need to control our feelings and the world can only offer us soul therapy the world can only offer us the ability for for us with our with our will <laughs> to actually help control our emotions and our feelings so meditation and, and yoga and different things that we can do to help calm our soul is the only thing that this world can offer us as a rest, an anti-anxiety recipe. But the crazy part is in Philippians 4, 6, I read the first line. Following that, I believe is actually a recipe, a real anti-anxiety recipe. So let's read on. I don't think this coincidence that the Lord's giving this to me because I was dealing with anxiety, but also we are heading towards a time of Thanksgiving in the month of November. And I believe it's a critical piece. It's a, it's a doorway 
into a life where we are not ruled by anxiety. And I believe everybody who's listening to me is going to want that. So let me give you the recipe. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. (laughs) Okay, great. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So that's interesting. So what he is saying is that when you're feeling anxiety, the answer is to engage your spirit. It's always a spiritual solution whenever our soul or our body is feeling a manifestation of something that's broken, something that's out of alignment, out of order. And the, our soul and our bodies need to become subordinate. It needs to become subordinate to our spirit, subject to the order of our spirit. And so what the Bible is saying, when you're feeling anxious, turn to God and connect in the spirit. Our spirit connected to his spirit, which is actually our reality as we live in him. So by prayer and supplication, the word supplication means the ask of ask, the action of asking for something earnestly or humbly. So I think this is kind of wild because this is true probably for any loving father on the planet. We're not afraid of questions from our children. We're not afraid of requests or petition or supplication from our kids. And so it's interesting when he says that you're anxious, I'm not sure that we're going to have enough money. I'm, I'm not sure about going to see the doctor. I'm not sure about having to have a root canal. (laughs) I'm not sure about what's happening with abortion in our society. And you feel this anxiety rising. What he's saying is, is present it to God. He can handle it. Bring it by prayer and supplication. But here's the key. With, there's the prepositional phrase, with thanksgiving. It's a combination of understanding that we engage our spirit and we enter his gates with thanksgiving in our heart. Now that seems counterintuitive to when you're facing these problems in life. But my friends, I would like to submit to you that when we engage heaven and we engage heaven with thanksgiving in our spirit, It actually unlocks something, and we receive a gift from heaven, which Philippians 4 is going to tell us what that is. So when we go with thanksgiving, when we thank him for his goodness to us, when we we remind him of his faithfulness towards us over and over again in our lives, when we connect to his goodness and his preciousness towards us, how he has been faithful to us in every turn and every way, so that when we are coming up against some of the hardest things in life, even loss, um, even pain, hurt, trauma, abuse, when we come against those things and those things come against us, we have a place to go. We have a recipe. We actually go to heaven and we bring it. We bring our supplication to him as an offering with thanksgiving. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you've always met our needs financially. So me being anxious about my finances is countercultural to who you are. And I am so thankful to you. We have a goal in our finances over this next year, Lord, 
And I'm asking you, I'm petitioning you, I'm, I'm coming with a supplication, a humble heart, saying, Lord, we want this to be manifested in our lives because this is the direction you're calling us to. But I want to be clear that I am thankful for the finances that you provided for us and your faithfulness to us in every turn, everywhere along the, life, uh, everywhere along the way in my entire life. It's a combination that comes before heaven that tends to be a key and a lock that unlocks something and opens up his presence in our life and the spiritual awareness that we have of him. And we become aware that we are seated in him in heavenly places. And then this is what happens. This is what happens. Are you ready? And the peace of God, which surpasses or transcends is another way of saying it, all understanding. Understanding is the word soul. (laughs) The peace of God, I would argue that peace is the opposite of anxiety. It's his peace. Peace doesn't mean that I'm just calm, like sitting on a beach. Peace is the word shalom. It's a powerful, multifaceted word, and it's an active word, and it's the peace of God, and it's so powerful, and it's so active that we actually can't understand it, and not only can't understand it, it's actually higher than our understanding. Our understanding is our soul, our mind, will, emotions, and feelings. That's our understanding, and what he's saying is the peace of God will come, which is transcends, which is higher than your understanding. It's a different realm that you are tapping into when you come with prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. You actually trap, tra- you actually tap into a a separate realm that's actually higher than your soul and body. So you're coming into alignment, you're connecting yourselves with the spirit of God and his spirit comes and he releases his peace, his shalom of God will actually come. And it's beyond what you can imagine. It's beyond what you can think or even understand. It's that good and it's that powerful. And this is what it will do. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Hopefully you're following this. Hearts and minds is your soul. It's part of your soul. And what it's saying is, is that the peace of God is so powerful that it actually puts a hedge. It puts this place of protection around your soul. It not only frees you from the feeling of anxiety, It actually heals your soul. It puts a band-aid, a guard, a hedge around your soul so that anxiety does not have a place to land. The arrow of the enemy that he uses is anxiety and he tries to hit your soul. But when you go in your spirit, you connect with him spiritually and you have a posture of thanksgiving, he comes with his peace his shalom, which actually serves as a guard. It's a tip of the spear kind of word. It's a strong, powerful word. It's his peace. And it actually puts a guard rail around your heart and your mind so that anxiety does not have a place to land, to stick. Isn't that amazing? But maybe the most important prepositional phrase is the very last thing that he says, which sometimes we just skip over. 
He'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What is he referring to? He's referring to our position seated in him in Christ Jesus. When it puts what when when you come into alignment and you connect to his spirit, things fall into place and we are reminded, we are we are given revelation of our position of who we are in Christ Jesus which changes everything. It gives you a whole new perspective on my finances. It gives me a whole new perspective on abortion votes and the things of this world. Um, it, it gives me a whole new perspective on, on the things that I feel hopeless and angry and frustrated about. I get new perspective because I'm seated in him in heavenly places. I have the peace of God who actually surrounds my soul and protects me from further attacks of anxiety. It's because you come into alignment. It's because my my soul and my body has become subject to the ordinance, subject to the order. It's become subordinate to the spirit and the reality in which we live. I was listening to Bill Johnson the other day, and I, I believe this phrase that he said could be one of the most more cultural change, could, could be one of the most cultural um, effective changes that we can receive. And it's a very simple truth. The world has a high watermark of feelings. It's all they can offer us. So if you're feeling anxiety, all we can do is help try to fix your feelings. In the kingdom, our high watermark is doing what is right. It's called righteousness. That's the high watermark when we're connected to him in his kingdom. Anxiety isn't righteousness. It's actually outside of his realm and outside of his kingdom. So our goal is to connect to his spirit, to find that place of rightness, righteousness in his kingdom. But here's what Bill says, which I think it blows my mind and and really helps steer my life. He said, when we enter his kingdom and obey his ways, his righteousness, listen to this. He trains us how we should feel. We are trained how we should feel. It blows my mind. It's very countercultural to what this world is telling us. But he's saying when we enter into his kingdom, when we find his ways, when we connect with his righteousness, part of that, part of being a kid sitting at his feet in in a position of discipleship with thanksgiving in our heart, he actually trains our feelings. If you're like me, we feel like we need to just control our feelings, just put it under a bucket. Like my feelings are so out of control and unpredictable and so responsive to the things around this world uh, and the things that are happening. My, My circumstances run the day and my feelings are just responses to those constant circumstances of our lives. But it blows my mind to think that when I'm his kid and I'm in his kingdom, he actually trains me how to feel. It makes sense, doesn't it? Because our feelings are subject to our spirit and we're connected to his spirit. He trains us how we should actually feel. Do you think that would transform this world who's telling us that feelings is our high water mark and that we are subject to our feelings? That's what we get with the transgender LGBTQ society. Um, all of those, those things that are coming against us, it's all about feelings. 
and it's not working. I'm going back to the beginning. We've had 50 to 60 years of letting feelings run the day and it's not working. Our kids are miserable. We're miserable. We're full of depression and anxiety. It makes perfect sense because we are living in our soul only. But there is an anti-anxiety recipe and it's found in connecting our spirit seated in him in heavenly places. And it blows my mind to think that my feelings could actually become subordinate to my spirit. And that my spirit connected with him, the fruit of my spirit, is a place where my feelings come under control and are subject to his perspective. Ah, that feels good, doesn't it? (laughs) It feels good. So let me submit this recipe to you. When anxiety begins to happen, when you begin to feel it, we're all human. Our souls are real and our souls aren't bad. It's just our souls need to be in order and subject to our spirit. When we feel that, that we actually engage the Father. We go to the Father and and, and even in prayer and supplication. This is something, Father, that I don't want. There are circumstances in my life that are coming against me that, that aren't good. And I, I don't feel peace about those things. But we couple it with thanksgiving. And we spend equal time telling him about his goodness and how his faithfulness has been present in our lives throughout. Let's couple those together. So it's not just whining to God, but it's actually aligning ourselves with him and his goodness. And we are seated there with him. And then watch the peace of God come and not only lift and remove anxiety, but actually put a guard around your soul So that next time these circumstances come, those arrows have no place to land. It's a recipe. And he gives it to us because he's good like that. So let's arm ourselves with the truth, the truth of his word, as we go together now to set and shape the culture. (laughs) 